Welcome to Highly Functioning, a show about exploring, understanding, and optimizing the mind from a non-neurotypical lens. On this week's episode of Highly Functioning, we talked about conversation as music. Put more simply, it's making sure you pay attention to people with the same extent or intent as you do music. This means you understand every aspect of the conversation, including things such as word choice, body language, and tonality, the same way you pay attention to the instruments, melody, and words in a song. Throughout the conversation, we touch on where this applies, how it applies, and where different aspects are more applicable than others. Hopefully, you enjoyed this episode, and as always, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcasting app, follow us and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash highlyfunctioning, and if you like our content, consider supporting us at highlyfunctioning.ca. There, you'll find bonus content, Q&As, and be able to provide direct input on how you can change the show. Hey, Winston. How's it going? Good, David. How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm interested to see how today's conversation goes because it's sort of the, the topic name I gave you is listening to your friends like music, which isn't that uh, kind of descriptive, but it actually feeds off of earlier conversations we've had about the nature of emotions and conversations I've had with people before about how, um, you know, there's two different ways in which we can have conversations. There's when ones where we're very intellectually engaged and it's kind of solving problems together. And then there's ones where it's more of an emotional conversation. And the way I thought of it most recently was listening to friends in a conversation more similarly to how I would listen to music, right? And so what I mean by that is when I listen to, when I used to try to listen to music, I would try and listen to every single lyric. And I, I just gave up because it was too quick for me. And I couldn't in one listen, understand the entirety of the lyrics, right? But when I'm in conversations, and when many people are in conversations, that's how they interact with the conversation almost. They want to make sure they understand everything that was said and so they can respond appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gets people stuck in their heads, I find, and it gets me stuck in my head. And then I'm all, uh, I'm often kind of labeled that, well, I'm not really listening to them because I'm like, or I'm not like, in, I'm not there with them in the conversation because I'm just trying to, I, but like from my perspective, I care so much about what they're trying to communicate that I'm trying to listen to all of it and respond properly. And, oh, here's my four points of response. So they know I was really listening to them. But then they tell me, no, I wasn't listening to them. And so it's a very bizarre experience. And so more recently, I was talking to a female friend on the phone. And she's someone I kind of naturally have a more emotional relationship with. And I found myself listening to not as focused on the conversation. I was outside. It was nice weather. And so I was still there talking to her, but I wasn't like, you know, solely focused on what she was saying. And I found myself listening to her as if she was music. That's how I thought of it at the time. And so what that meant was I was much more aware of her tone of voice, right? Which I think is an important thing is you can tell how someone's feeling and stuff when you're paying attention to their tone. And that's, if I'm paying attention to their tone, I'm not paying as much attention to their specific words, right? So it's almost like a different, the same way I'm paying attention to the music rather than the lyrics themselves. And so it's a total different focus, but I'm still paying attention to them. I'm still engaged in the conversation. 
And then what would happen is just I sort of, let's say, trusted my subconscious that when it felt appropriate to respond, I just responded like and sometimes it was just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Or things like that. It wasn't a full engagement. But Mm -hmm. from her perspective, I don't think she knew I wasn't as, quote, engaged as I normally am. And it actually went really well. And we ended up like I at some points would just tell her how much I liked her. And like, I just like was engaged with kind of the feeling of the conversation rather than the like intellectual aspects of the conversation. And so that's the experience and kind of the way I think of it now. And as I've kind of practiced this a bit, it is like a, it's like a totally different experience. It's a total different, totally different way to talk to people is Mm -hmm. to be focused on, yeah, their tone and their approach rather than their messaging. And I find in my experience and reflecting, this seems to be kind of like the big disconnect when I have, especially stereotypically with women who tell me I'm not able to listen to them, I'm not really hearing them, why am I trying to solve their problems? If I listen to them like their music, quote unquote, I don't have this issue as often. And so I'm interested in your thoughts on this presentation and framing. So I think there's a few things there. And my brain started going in 15 directions when you started and started saying this. And I think that's all labeled around context of the conversation and what the purpose of that conversation is. And so what I mean by that is that like, I find there are ways in which you can take what you initially said, and I'm, I'm taking it for what it, what I think you mean, as opposed to what it might've came off at. Um, where jokingly, it might sound as you're just trying to find an excuse not to pay attention to the person that you're talking to. But I, I know uh, from knowing you that that's not what you mean. What, what I find is the first part is when you talked about like your female friends and like fixing a problem, I find it's just that in some conversations, the purpose of that conversation and the purpose of someone telling you something is because they want to partake in or feel some sort of feeling with somebody else. So that's like the feeling when something good happens to you and you want to tell someone that something good happens to you and you want to sort of celebrate. Um, and you're not, there's no actual like purpose out of that conversation. Like you're not trying to fix a problem. You're not trying to get a specific outcome out of it. And so I can relate because I, when someone tells me something that's like gives me a gift or gives me a non, and I put it in quotations, non-purposeful thing, I will be like, okay. Oh, okay, like, I I don't really know how to act in that situation. When in reality, it's just for that purpose, you should listen to people like music almost, where you're just there telling them that you're happy for them. You are there to just listen and you're sort of passive. You're not trying to engage in, uh, not necessarily engage, but you're not trying to input stuff into the conversation. You're just trying to be there for that person. And in that context, I think that's very well done. And I think sometimes like that's what coming home to your spouses or like when I talk to my girlfriend, there are moments where like I talk to my girlfriend just because I want to tell her my good news. Like it's not like a back and forth. Sometimes it's like, hey, I need to tell you something and I'll go and tell you something. But on the flip side, where I see it to be some sort of a, a problem or I think the caveat that I think needs to be added to it is that ideally you're doing that, you're fully engaged on multiple different fronts when you're having a conversation. So that means engaged in their tone, engaged in their word choice, uh, um, as well as engaged in like the meaning behind what they're saying. But sometimes um, it's really hard to do that because you have to hold multiple things into play. You have to be interested in the conversation, things like that. But I think depending on the context of the conversation, 
you at least need to do some one of one or two out of that three um, when you're in moments of like being tired or things like that, where you at least try to understand what it is that they're trying to tell you with their tone. And this reminds me of things like speed reading, where it's like you find out that depending on the book, um, you don't actually pay attention to every single word. You know the first word, the last word, and you just sort of infer what that sentence means. That's why sometimes like when someone looks at a sentence and there's two thes or two ands, no one notices because you don't even pay attention to it. I look at it as being able to, like this listening to friends like music per se, is just consistently switching between how focused you are in a conversation, depending on the nature of that conversation. If it's something super alert, super dire, you'll turn on all of those. But then for most conversations that you have, you're just trying to understand what it is that they're trying to say, what's the tone and respond accordingly. And so that's part of the reason. And I guess one more tangent that I'm going to try to loop back into this is that that's actually why I like podcasts sometimes. Because you're essentially listening to conversation or listening to your friends like music. Um, you can listen to something multiple times to understand the tone, understand the meaning, get the full context behind their conversation. And sometimes when you go into a... You, I actually find it quite freeing when I go talk to a new friend of mine. Um, and I try to make it a point that like I'm going to talk to David. And I'm going to try to input as less or I'm going to try to try to limit the amount of input that I put in. So I spend my time just listening to David. And I think that's a good exercise to, to go on. But that was generally like all over the place. And I don't know if I necessarily answered your question. And based off of your smirk, I don't think I really did. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'll, I'll let you piece that up by piece that apart. Well, I had a hard time tracking all of it. Um, I think two things kind of come to the fore. One, that I think you're... Um, I'd be surprised if when you listen to music, you can actually pay full attention to both, right? These are very words and sounds, let's say like the music are very different experiences for the mind, right? Um, and, you know, I'm fairly confident you can only really be focused on one. You can't focus on both. You can't like, um, I'm not certain of that, but um, like, and when you listen to a podcast, you can't engage, right? You can't respond to them. So it's necessarily a more, let's say, passive thing. But, you know, what comes to mind is, I think it's literally to like the degree you're, let's call it overly engaged in what they're saying, what they're communicating then you're not engaged in the tone, right? And I think it's literally like, you know, there's like 100% and you, you're saying, okay, there could be 60-40 or 50-50 or 30-70 or whatever. Um, whereas I'm saying maybe that's true, but it's much more like a, it's a binary. <laughs> it's much more like you're in one mental set or the other and I find in my experience, the issue comes from I would, I would struggle to be in the one mental set. And so I also remember, I vividly remember this with one friend, but it would happen generally. Someone would tell me something that they were excited about or happy about. And I would just be like, 
okay. <laughs> right. Like, cause I, you do that often. You've done that to me as well. I'm like, all right, David, <laughs> great. <laughs> and cause I like, cause I'm, Oh, you've given me a piece of information. I've absorbed that information and I can respond in the affirmative. Yes. I understand what you communicated. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, versus like, Oh, that's really like just having like a positive response that's uh, not necessarily communicating anything important. And so I don't know your relationships that well. And I have a tendency to project more of my own issues onto you. Mm-hmm. But I'd be so based on our experiences and our conversations, you know, dating back to May, like when we do talk, it's almost always in the more uh, cerebral conversational tone. Mm-hmm. And you've never initiated a conversation as long as I can remember that was in the more emotional realm. And that could just be our dynamic. But um, my understanding of, you know, people who might be on the autism spectrum, my understanding of talking to you and having talked to your brother about like issues just with male, female communications seems to be this issue. So you presenting it as if I'm skeptical that you have as, as good of a handle on it as you're claiming, or as I, as I interpreted you to be claiming. And no, no, um, this is, I think this is one of those cases where I know something, but I'm not necessarily as good at, um, implementing it per se. Um, and just as like, I guess an evidence to why I think this might be the case, I think it's not that we can't do multitudes of those things, like put something into memory, um, understand the message as well as understand the tone of it. Like that's, like you said, that's a lot of processing power to do. And I think we can do it just not all the time. And if you look at the way we've set up like our communication channels or communication networks and things like that, we've been trying to fix that problem. And we've been trying to increase the amount of time that we can do that. And so look at things like Zoom, right? Like the reason that we try to have recordings is that we spend less time thinking about like, what do I have to put down into my memory and more time focusing on tone and focusing on communication. Um, ideally in a conversation, you can't record a conversation. Uh, like if you're just like, you know, one-on-one with each other. And so through these other mediums, you have things like recording conversations. You have someone who's a, who does meeting minutes. You have someone who focuses on a specific part of a message. Like we're just consistently trying to find a way to communicate in our best possible form. And when you say, listen to friends like music, I think you just quiet down one sort of aspect of that, um, to, basically like, you, you know, talk to, talk to friends. And I think there's also something that you're mixing within what is the nature of our communication, as well as like a specific type of situation, which I also find myself in where someone tells me some sort of information and I just look at it as information. I don't look at it as like a conversation starter. It's like when someone doesn't ask you a question and they make a statement and you go, yes, and you just don't reply. And it just goes quiet because you didn't realize that that was a conversation starter. Do you go, do you know what I'm sort of saying with this? I feel like I'm confusing you a little bit. You're confusing me a little bit, but I would still put forward that everything you said is true, but you're missing my point. Okay. My view at the moment, because yes, all of what you said is true about the way we try and make conversations more accessible and we try and um, um, 
you know, be able to capture more of the experience and stuff. And that's why people do like podcasts because you can hear the tone and these sorts of things. And I think it's a big issue why with Twitter, with like social media and, and written things, right? People always have miscommunications over text because you can't know the tone and that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. But I think most of our communications emphasize the not the tone part, not the listening like it's music part. And I don't think you've you've answered that, you know, point of mine. You're you're highlighting that like yes, it's part of the mix and we should choose one thing versus the other um and try and optimize for all, but I'm saying fun I think fundamentally there's like two approaches and we tend towards the one which I get feedback on as being not the greatest, not good for conversations. And when I was in, um, you know, what comes to mind is the idea of compassionate communication. When I was in my mental health struggles and stuff, and like in the lower parts, um, like people didn't know how to just listen to me without needing to kind of detail everything I was actually communicating or when I'm in like a panic attack mode and someone's trying to capture all 50 things that are spewing out of my mouth and uh, not realizing, no, they really just need to focus on the tone right now. Clearly I just need some like emotional support or whatever. And so it's, it's, again, it's about this sort of, are you in a conversation with me feeling or are we kind of like talking intellectually at one another? And so even before this conversation, when we were deciding on what topic, I was saying, okay, well, I'm a little kind of mentally exhausted. So to pick a topic that would be kind of just us really kind of digging in our own brains and intellectualizing at one another or whatever, philosophizing, um, that would be more tiresome. But here I'm trying to stay more in this sort of other mental set, um, which is related to, uh, the like being emotional with someone rather than like investigating something with them. Um, and so for me, I'm not saying this is the best way, but this listening to friends like music was a concrete way that I think someone can practice um, doing this other mechanism. Cause I don't think it's emphasized. Uh, it's certainly not, it, it certainly wasn't in my like upbringing or my relationships um, and it's something I still struggle with many people I feel not connected with because when I talk to them, they just respond to my words and not my feeling, not my tone. So bear with me here. But from what I've seen so far, I think you might have phrased the question or phrased the actual initial thing uh, incorrectly, or you might have missed the mark a little bit. And what I think you're trying to more say is that we don't pay enough attention to our friends like music or we don't pay attention to the music and when we as people that are have Asperger's we don't incorporate music into our conversations is what I think you're trying to say and to your point like even the language that we're using you can see that we're trying to be very intellectual and not in like a, a gross like unnecessary way, but we're trying to be really descriptive and things like that. And it sort of sounds like that intellectual conversation. And to me, it sounds like you're saying that like the intellectual stuff is important. And a lot of times people in a similar group of people like ourselves always have that, like that saying of like, it doesn't matter that like the tone doesn't matter or just tell it to me straight, be straightforward, stuff like that. And that's largely us trying not to include this music. 
Um, whereas we find that like sometimes when you're having a conversation with like, and I find it happens more often with women or when you're having an emotional conversation, the, like the actual conversation sounds, sounds like melodic. Like even when you hear me talking right now, you see me going through these ups and downs and lows to like almost have a music to my conversation um, because I'm trying to like hit your emotional, uh, emotional like tones or what are the emotional notes the right way. Um, and it matters a lot less what the language that I'm using. It really matters how I'm actually conveying my content. And I think what you're trying to say is that as, as a individual, um, we should pay attention more to what people are trying to trying to say with the music and the tone of their conversation as well. When you meet other people like ourselves, when we're actually putting out like content or we're putting out our speech or whatever it is, include the music, include the melody, include the tone, because you're only going to make your actual message stronger by being able to add that. Because we talk about in earlier episodes where it's like, it's not just about being fully intellectual. And it's not just about being fully emotional. It's about being able to use both correctly and being able to use both at the right time. And I agree. I think we should do that more. It's just, we shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater where we should just be listening to friends like you say music. We should also include the other pieces in there as well. And that's what I was trying to say. No, so that makes sense. And you highlighting how even like as you're communicating now, it is in like you're being more conscious of communicating in a certain way, which is a very like good skill. And as you're saying that, I'm noticing that I feel more listened to because of the way you're communicating. Whereas if you had just kind of talked more quickly and monotone about like, here are the reasons you're right or wrong or whatever, then it's like kind of, I have to get out of my calmer state to engage in that. And then it's like, especially if I'm wanting to be in the calmer state, now I'm kind of in tension and I'm going to get angry at you. You're not understanding what I'm saying or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I appreciate that. And it helps me like from my end, it's like, I'm not as engaged in what you're saying. I'm not capturing all of it consciously and processing it fully but I'm trusting that I'm in, I am listening. I am encountering the data and interpreting it. And I won't have a completely nonsensical response, but I can also match your tone, match your demeanor. Right. And And I'm still sending out a message, right? Like it's like the idea of when you have music that goes like, dun, dun, dun. It's not, it doesn't say feel anxiety or feel like, <laughs> feel fear. It's just, you. it's still telling you like, feel anxious, feel fear. And I'm just trusting that you'll be able to sort of decode that. Um, and it's just a different way of speaking. And I find that like the best speakers, right? The ones, and there's that saying, pull at your heartstrings. Like, what is that? That's being able to use um, like proper language and being able to use proper pausing and stuff like that to pull on your emotions where you're like leaning in a little bit and actually understanding what it is that I'm saying. And you find some of the best people that do this emotional way of thinking when they're telling you something, you're not actually like paying attention word for word. You're almost taking that, translating that and then applying it in your head. Like someone might tell you like, you need to be more like you need to be more I don't know, motivated and you need to like, whatever, like whatever the words might be, but in your head, like you have this, at least for me, I have this real going of like, how can I apply what they're saying? Like, what will my life look like if I do this or whatever? Right. And that's what I mean, where it's like, I'm not focusing so much on the words per se, but I'm still like, I'm still, uh, what is it? Decoding and still understanding what it is you're saying with just the music. 
Well, so I agreed with you until the end there. Um, so I definitely agree with like the idea of great communicators utilize both, right? And when you think of a speaker, their body language, their tone, their volume, they emphasize a point, right? This is all kind of like the musicality of the communication. And what comes to mind for me is when I saw the Foo Fighters in concert, like within 10 minutes, I was just blown away by Dave Grohl's ability to control 40,000 people with his tone, with his way of communicating with his music, right? And so it was like all of this mixed together. It was very impressive. Um, and yeah, so I'm not at all saying we should throw out the like importance of rational words and stuff. Words yeah, yeah, yeah. logical communication, right? But I think the emphasis can be different more often. And I think especially my circles, um, people don't do this. I have very few friends who I'm able to talk to in a way that they don't just respond to my words. And if they don't have a response to my words, they just get uncomfortable and don't know what to do. And I the, assume they're mostly men. Yeah, they're mostly <laughs> men. I, and I very much like crave female friends because for whatever reason, they seem to be able to do this more easily. But I recently had a conversation with Casey Palermo, uh, who, you know, I, you know, stay tuned. It'll be on, let's talk about sex. One of my other shows, but um, about gender or like her view of her gender. And, you know, it was a certain tone and she had a certain stance even, and very much in our heads and I talk, I mentioned how like there's a total different conversation we could be having. And as soon as I called her attention to that, like her mode changed and she Shoulders relaxed. drop. Yeah. And so like when even you you'll say, see when I'm talking to you, like when I'm being like a more emotional, my head will tilt a little bit. I'll like, you know, be relaxed. Yeah. Except when I'm like full, like intellectual, like David, let's go to war. I'm like shoulders back, <laughs> like I looking think. David straight in the eye, trying to like read his soul. And, 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 and that's my point behind your like your punchline. I think your punchline is less listen to friends like music as opposed to pay attention to the music your friends are putting out. Um, and that's what I meant by like they're almost musical. Like when you speak to the best speakers, they include the the tonality or the music with their um, with their like speeches or the words that they speak. And a lot more of that's why they say like a lot of it is there's a lot but there's a lot of messaging behind the music or the uh, rather the tone that you put out uh, that doesn't get picked up if you're not looking for it or knowing to pay attention for it. Right. And so I, I think like I might concede your point of the framing being off a little bit, but I didn't see a big difference between like the way you said I said it and versus the way you said it. But mm -hmm. the disagreement I had from a couple minutes ago is you still said like the way in which you're processing it is a certain way. And like, so your focus in my understanding was still that when you're listening to the music of the person you're talking to, your processing is still around what they're communicating. Right. And so you're saying, yeah, well, I'm not like literally intently absorbing every single word because what I'm processing is, okay, they've said this thing. How does it impact my life and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but so I'm saying, if I can make a caveat, because I feel like it might be projecting a little bit, projecting meaning like projecting past what I meant. What I just meant is that 
Like you can listen to a perfect piece of sheet music like Mozart or whatever. There's not a single word behind it, but you can feel what the, what the author or the composer was trying to tell you with that music. Mm-hmm. And then there's also people who do like spoken word artists who are just words. There's no music where they try not to include melody in them. And there's some people who mix the both together where the music has a role in like, all I'm saying is the music is still a message and you have to pay attention to that message. Or if you're not used to paying attention to the music of a song, you've missed out on a large part of what that song is actually meant to mean. And I find, and just to extrapolate a little bit, I find like with my like guy friends, because like, and it just seems to be that maybe in my group of friends, it's like girls are more likely like this, guys are more likely like this. But with guys, it's really hard to tell people how I feel, but it's with women, it's really hard to tell, tell them what I think. Um, where I'll always be like, no, you don't understand what I'm saying. You don't understand what I'm saying. Whereas the guys that choose, you don't understand what I'm feeling. And I find like just in my head that like snap where I'm like, that's usually the argument or like the feeling that I have when I'm having a conversation. And I think this is the case because, I, and this is a gen- generic statement at best and mostly a hypothesis, but women pay more attention to the the music, men pay attention more to the words and we should be looking at each other and going, oh, all right, like one of us should pay more attention to the music. One of us should pay more attention to the words. Does that make sense? That's, that's what I'm trying to say. No, that makes sense. And I agree. And I'm trying to like propose, like this is kind of a core thing, a core issue and like something that needs to be addressed. And I think, um, like definitely from the male perspective in particular, because I, I, I don't know many women who have, who have, I know more men who struggle more with the music than I know women who struggle to the same degree with the lyrics, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. There are obviously issues with both. Um, but I want to just understand, because you had talked about what your processing was. Like, let's say you're getting a mixed music, right? So it's the music, like you're talking to someone, they have a tone and a content. What you're focused on processing is still primarily one or the other. And so in your example, you said when you're listening to music, you're paying attention to both or you were you didn't use music as an example, but you said when you're paying attention to someone talking, you're focused on like you process the the main ideas of what they're trying to communicate to you and the tone factors in, obviously, right? Or and vice I, versa. Or and like this is largely an exercise of it's easier if you know the person because you know what whether it's the music or the words that carry more weight in what they're saying. Like we have that like really, really blunt friend of theirs that means the absolute best, uh, but their tone is absolutely atrocious. Like, like you're doing the greatest job ever. And they just sound upset. And you're like, no, this person really, the words mean more to this person or they're thinking more about the words and the music. Um, but I, I also think like the way I take or give out the information is largely dependent contextually on the person. And I'll give you, I'll give you a small story, which is just that like, there are times when like, I'll have a conversation with my girlfriend and I will tell her all of the reasons or the stipulations and the uh, caveats as to why I trust her. I think she will do the right decision. Or I can just like stop, hold her hand and be like, I trust you. And they have the same exact message in her head. And arguably the, I trust you carries a thousand times more weight than me actually like putting out the framework on why exactly I think or why exactly I think she's a trustworthy person. 
And it was crazy to me the first time it happened because I was like, I want everyone to do the former to me as opposed to the latter of just the three words. Um, and I think it helps illustrate um, how we as people are predetermined to listen to the music or listen to the words differently, uh, depending on how you grew up. And that's my, the grew up is my sort of hypothesis on why I think that's the case. Um, but I've just seen it like when I've applied this a few times in my life, I just, the information keeps supporting the initial conclusion. Oh yeah. So that makes sense. And it's a, it's a good example. Started that one off emotional and then ended off very intellectual. <laughs> No, and so that, that makes sense. And yeah, so that's, I suppose, what I want to highlight to people listening is that this is an important thing to understand for communication. And most people I encounter do not have the ability to do the latter, do not have the ability to focus on the music. Um, and that's been my experience of my own, like of me interacting. And as someone who struggled with like mental health issues and someone who's needed support, you know, maybe it's just the circles I'm in. But even now, there's very few people who I encounter who actually have the ability to do that um, and to recognize like you said, it's context dependent to recognize when someone might want one versus the other. Um, and but it's also important from a communication perspective. You know, I can now let people know, you know, I'm not in the mood for you to just give me your intellectual answers. Try and just kind of hear what I'm saying. Right. Um, and, and I don't need I just need someone to be with me in this mood. Right. I just need someone to understand where I'm at right now, not exactly the specifics of what's running through my mind. And especially I find because most people's default is the more intellectual or most of the people I know, um, their default is the intellectual side. They don't know how to ask for the other kind of support either. So it's like a feedback loop of all of these people not emotionally supporting nor knowing how to emotionally support, right? Um, which is unfortunate. Um, and yeah. we also, and I hate always doing this sometimes, but I also love doing it. The flip side, where we have someone who's very, very good in touch with their emotions and knows how to handle themselves or handle that feeling really, really well, but keeps finding that same exact problem because they haven't logically thought about how to fix it. Uh, and the example that I mean is like someone who keeps doing the same shit over and over again. And it's like, it's insanity that they're doing it, but like, they still, they're still happy people. They're still good people because they understand their emotions really well. Um, and this has been a general theme, but uh, people that do both tend to do do the optimal best. Yeah, I think just as in our culture today, people are more easily dismissive of the people who are, quote, too emotional, but not, quote, too logical, or at least like there's a this rift that doesn't shouldn't exist. And so that's mm -hmm. why I kind of focus on the one because I like the people I know who aren't able to have rational conversations and engage with the, uh, with the content of the words ever, mm -hmm. you know, it's pretty easy to identify that as a problem, especially by the people who want to identify it in this sort of, uh, in the wordier conversations, but the vice vice versa, like the opposite doesn't happen as much. I find. And, and it's circle dependent. 
right? Like if you go to a business class, you're going to find people who hate people who thinks, think about things emotionally. Like where's the data? Go into an arts class. You go into a music class. There's not a single person who's talking about the the history behind music per se. Uh, well, I'm exaggerating that's there. A, yeah, like, that's... I'm totally exaggerating there. I probably got that wrong. But I mean, like I, I, I saw it vividly when I first went to like one of my arts classes where I kept asking questions about this assignment. And she's like, you're from business, right? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, my art students never asked me this because they just have an idea that they think is cool. They feel that it's great. And then they like, they just go ahead and do it. Like they don't need strict instructions and things like that. So I just find like, depending on your circle or your bubble that you go to, um, you find one or good, uh, like you find pros and cons depending. I mean, I don't, I think that example is kind of besides the main point. Because I think that brings in other issues and stuff. But generally speaking, yeah, I don't have anything more to add on this topic. I'm just I'm glad we explored it. And I think it's it's illustrative, at least of kind of, you know, I still think it's important. And it's something that many of my peers would benefit from is I think viewing it in that way. Most people have an experience of trying to listen to music. This the like it's so vivid to me because I didn't know how to listen to music like for so long. Um, mm. And so it was really an interesting connection uh, in my uh, concrete thinking, as we talked about in an earlier episode to be like, Oh, wow, I can listen to humans the way I've trained my mind to listen to music um, and just interpret like kind of more that's there. Another really interesting thing is like, I only recently started being able to like pay attention to the background music of movies mm-hmm. and like notice how that, like they're setting you up to be afraid stuff. or like a jump yeah, like, <laughs> there's anxiety and like this kind of stuff um so yeah i i don't have anything else to add do you have any uh any yeah the, the last thing is um don't discount how important it is to like take a second pause when you're talking to people uh because i've had like i can just think about management wise like i have two to equally competent managers, but I had one manager who'd like sit me down, have a conversation with me, be like, Hey, I'm really proud of you. Like they'll like, whatever they'll like take the two minutes out of their day to sit down and do something. And I'm a hundred percent happier, a hundred times happier working with that person than the next, even though they've probably said the same words, it's just that music that they added to their conversation, um, delivers a huge, huge impact. So yeah, Should that's a really music. important point of like building in a like music has to be a bit slower. We can if we talk at full speed, we can communicate a lot of data very quickly, but it doesn't have that same emotional pull, right? And um I'll uh it's so funny, right? When you said that this thing integrated in my head where it's like it makes sense to me as to why I initially had some warnings from my close friends about and I've seen in my experience more uh about listening to things at like two times the speed. Um, when I listen to podcasts or informational content, because I realize my speed of me talking gets a lot quicker because I just expect that that's how people talk. Yeah. Plus, I don't get some of the funny moments or the emotional aspects of things because I've missed out on those pauses. Or like I actually use software that gets rid of pauses uh, so I can get through content quicker. And I miss a lot of those because of that. And so um, I think that's a that's a good point as to why sometimes you slow down tell the person that you're talking to across the room uh, uh, that what you feel or what you're trying to say and take your time doing so. That's it. That's all I got, man. Cool. Thanks, Winston. Cool. Thanks, David. Always, always a pleasure.